Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Inspirited Minds, the Mindful Muslim podcast, where we discuss Islam, psychology, mental health, and spirituality. I'm Minha, and today I have with me Safira from Tiffin and Tea, a food and lifestyle blog. She is currently studying herbal medicine, naturopathy, and prophetic medicine. Mashallah. Jazakallah khair for being here today. So, on your blog, you talk about how Tiffin and Tea first came about. Could you begin to tell us about your motivation to to start your blog and why you choose to to blog your recipes? Barakallah fi. It's an honor to be here. So, thanks for having me. Um, the blog came about when we decided to eat better as a family. None of us were eating particularly well at the time, and I personally wasn't feeling very well myself. Uh, my husband was on the road all day through work, and he was kind of grabbing whatever he could whilst he was out out and about, and that was having a negative impact on him as well. So I literally started to pack him a tiffin every day, and in that there'd be a healthy lunch, um, a couple of snacks, things like that. And he'd also always request a thermos of tea. Um, that didn't always happen. With the blog, I wanted to chart our journey, but also I wanted to help others. I think a lot of people struggle with food, as we did at that time. And my teacher actually told me to treat this period as a transition period. And remember that a time will come when we don't have to remind ourselves to always eat healthy. Um, and I just want to kind of show that eating healthy is achievable, whatever position you are in right now. And I think um, that's what a lot of people find difficult in understanding is that they don't really, you know, it's very interesting how you mentioned it as a trans- transition, you know, stage, because as much as we all would like to say that, yeah, you know, healthy eating should be a lifestyle and not a diet, that's not always the mentality that a lot of people have around it. Um, especially when talking about food and mental health you know often when we speak about um, eating disorders um, anorexia probably comes to mind um, first but there are so many different uh, aspects to food in relation to mental health um, from eating disorders to just having a healthy relationship what do you think is the most important part of food for mental health in particular um, well, there's a saying in prophetic medicine, and that is that 80% of tib is related to one verse, eat and drink, but do not be excessive. And excess can go two ways. You can excessively undereat, but you can also excessively overeat. Um, what I want people to understand is that it isn't as easy as blaming an individual for those habits. Often behind excess of any kind, that there is some sort of, there is a reason for it. Um, it should be treated as an illness as any other addiction would be. That is something that we learnt on the course as well, that often there is sadness behind excess. And also, uh, the the other thing I wanted to say is that excessive eating can have a detrimental effect on worship as well um, and your ability to go out, your ability to um, pray salah, hajj, fasting, those sorts of things. So although it isn't any, anyone's fault, we have to be aware of our own behaviour and sort of prioritise our health. 
um, I suppose like we live in a society that's all about instant gratification and holding off from uh, f uh, the reason that I'm talking about overeating is that my problem has never been undereating. My problem has been overeating. So that's why I'm I'm talking about that because that's what I know. Um, and it takes a lot of a lot of discipline to sort of train yourself not to overeat. Um, as I said, we we give into our nafs a lot, and we end up succumbing to temptation, and we can't do that in order to train the nafs. Um, I mean, like the most recent article that that I, I read actually, where um, the top ten most obese countries uh, in the world were majority Muslim countries, and it's and it's such a surprise. Fun! Like, I remember reading the the facts and thinking, you know, how can that be when we follow a religion that constantly promotes that we we shouldn't be excess in anything that we do especially food and drink so i mean i totally agree with you that that is probably one of the the biggest things that perhaps the muslim world has failed on when it comes comes to food considering that um you know we are in the obese league of the population unfortunately um so moving on to more, I mean, I know you touched up on your personal experience around food, but I understand that you have experienced anxiety, as I read in one of your posts, mashallah, a long time ago, um, and also physical illnesses, like you mentioned before. How much of an impact do you think eating healthier has, has made upon those issues? Um, it's, it's made a huge impact. Basically, the height of my anxiety was about one and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. my husband's cousin at the time sent me a link to an online seminar and that was about anxiety and food and in that they talked about the link between gluten and mental health so I did some reading and I came across research that some illnesses such as depression anxiety and even things like ADHD can develop in the gut and it's usually because in some people gluten doesn't get digested properly which has adverse effects on mental health um, that was the time that I started cutting gluten out of my, my diet. I haven't completely cut it out. Mm -hmm. um, I also found out that I had issues with my thyroid. Um, and I also at that time started to um, take magnesium supplements, which are good for mental health as well. Um, there's an Arab saying that diet is the foundation of medicine and the stomach is the foundation of illness. And... Also, there's the famous Hippocrates saying, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I found a lot of the, well, I found both of those statements to be accurate. Mm. Um, so basically, for me, changing my diet has been one of the main things that has helped with my anxiety. And my anxiety was really bad. I, I actually wasn't able to leave the house. I wasn't able to have a conversation. I wasn't able to speak on the phone. I wasn't able to do anything. Um, all those, I, I suppose my husband did a lot of uh, lifting for me. You know, he'd do all the phone calls for me, that sort of thing. He took over. Um, you know, mashallah, I've come such a long way since then. Yeah, mashallah, it does does sound it. You know, you know, you know, well done for for being who you are today compared to who you were a long time ago. Um, it's so interesting that you mentioned gluten. I actually have IBS. 
um and i do not take well to carbs at all and still carbs are my best friend i i love anything bread and and pastry and yeah. again i think that is one of the biggest tests that people face is try giving up something that is not good for them and yet you know that um they love them so much um yeah. So it's really interesting that you mentioned how how gluten actually is connected to um uh, certain mental health disorders. That's really amazing, actually. Um, yeah. So you you had you've had to cut out a lot of things out of your diet, obviously in moderation. So how would you describe yeah. your current relationship with food? Um, at the moment, I am very much in that uh, transition stage. Um, I do think that I've got a bit of a complicated relationship with food. Um, I'm on a cleanse at the moment. Um, but as I said, I've come from a place of overeating and I used to use food as comfort sort of all the time. Um, I used it to, it, not just for um, negative feelings, I used it to mask sort of any feelings. I didn't allow myself to really feel anything. Um, and I, I think in that way, I kind of closed the door on my healing over and over again because I didn't really allow myself to uh, heal from past trauma it's kind of like drowning the noise out um okay. also like I feel like in the Muslim community and I, I'm you know I might be overgeneralizing we don't always allow people to express their emotions and sometimes those emotions they become stuck uh, and there's a lot of stigma attached to mental illness as well so I felt really embarrassed to actually open up and say, you know what, I, I am feeling anxious, I am feeling depressed. Um, and I have been told in the past to just get over it. Um, so, you know, that doesn't help either. Um, so, so in that way, I felt like I lost my voice. Um, and it was just safer for me to turn to food. That's, um, you know, it's such a shame that you were in that position, but I mean, the miscommunication or lack of communication, should I say, within the Muslim community, um, and I don't think you've overgeneralized at all, um, and I feel that if we were to look towards that communication, then perhaps a lot of um, mental health problems that we face would at least um, sort of reduce, if not, you know, completely gone or whatever, Um and I think, like you said, it is a much safer alternative. Um, so you mentioned that you were going on a cleanse. Out of curiosity, what does what does that mean for you? Um, basically, it's like um, cutting out gluten. Uh, at the moment, I've cut out gluten, dairy, um, soy. I'm kind of just living off um, vegetables. Uh, oh, I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult to be honest. But what it does um, is that it for um, it forces your body to heal. So mm -hmm. within uh, two or three days, you you go into what's called a healing crisis. So you feel awful, but all those toxins are kind of leaving your body. Okay. Um, so I've been through the worst of it, and then you kind of um, you feel a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel a lot happier you know on day three um and my husband you know he felt the the brunt of it I suppose uh, because yeah. he was sort of helping out a lot more with the kids and things like that mm -hmm. mashallah that that is um 
it's really inspiring you need a lot of motivation to do that to yourself i think but i guess it's looking at the bigger picture isn't it um yeah, yeah. So you just mentioned um your kids, mashallah. Um, so does being a parent influence your relationship that you have with food? Like, do you encourage your children to eat the same things as you, or do you sometimes feel like, um, you know, you guys have to have different foods? Do you do you eat together? That sort of thing. Does it influence your relationship with food at all? Oh yeah, it does. Um, very much so. Uh, our children are our future. I know that's cliche. But in order for them to learn and grow into active members of the ummah, they need to be eating wholesome, nutritional foods and not processed foods. And I'm not saying that my children never eat processed foods. Um, but what we tend to do here is we have six days of the week where they eat healthy and that's they're not allowed any sort of unhealthy snacks. And they don't actually have a problem with it, which is really weird because my son, when he was younger, um, really he was he had such a sweet tooth uh but now he's not bothered and even like um the the place where i keep the snacks he doesn't even go near it he, he's literally not bothered um oh, then they have yeah. like sort of one day off a week, which is on a friday today it was like their um their day off um also i feel like when they go other places and I'm, I'm not sort of uh watching them all the time and I allow them to have a little bit of freedom um, at the grandparents' house, things like that. Um, and obviously, sometimes they get treats. Like, for example, like when my son goes to Madrasa, if, they, if they're doing particularly well, they'll get sweets. Um, and I find that really difficult because they get them at sort of 7 o'clock at night. And then oh, I have really? to be the bad guy coming in. Oh, no, no, you, can't, you really can't have sweets at the moment. It's uh-huh. bedtime. And also... Um, I sometimes feel like we we need to educate. Uh, it sounds really bad, but we need to educate the madrasas as well and say that you know, you can have all of these things, but you can make healthy healthy versions of them. Definitely, and I and I think the the use of using for food in the the reward and punishment system needs to be abolished altogether because, I mean, we're just encouraging the future to. Uh, future generation to just do good if they get something does that make sense instead of doing good because they should do good yeah because it's a confusing message um and it's not a message that we want them to carry through uh, carry through life with them it's such a confusing message and um, just another curiosity, um, I mean, being from an Asian background and, you know, having a big Asian family, um, what do grandparents have to say about your sort of food discipline uh, sort of methods? Um, um, I think that my in-laws are actually better at it than my mum my because my mum barely sees the kids. When she does see them, you know, she she's giving them whatever they want whenever they want and they know that when they go to grandma's house they can they can have whatever they want um so it's 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 really to explain to my mum that you know she she can't give them sweets sort of mm. at 10 a.m in the morning um yeah it, it was difficult it's a this time in progress. As well. I mean, just... yeah it is definitely a work in progress yeah, um, but sure. I don't know if I'll ever get that. <laughs> <Sure that you're... laughs> 
Yeah, maybe maybe for your kids' kids, you know, they'll grow up to be the the sturdy grandparents, inshallah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to move on to a bit more into your studies. So you're studying nutrition, herbal medicine, naturopathy, mashallah. Um, what have you found is the most important thing that people should know but don't necessarily have any idea about? Um, I don't know if it's that they don't necessarily know, but that um, basically simple food is the best food. Um, so basic, just wholesome vegetables can be really delicious. Um, I think that we're used to layering our food with sauces and creams and cheese, and that takes all the goodness out of the food and it takes away the natural flavour. Um, there's a lot of hidden sugars in food. And, for example, even our toothpaste has sugar in it. Uh, I, I feel like we are so addicted to sugar. Um, now, our Prophet wasallam ate the least process, processed foods, and he also never ate to his full. And we want to imitate the prophetic diet, uh, but the food of then cannot be compared to the food of now. So when we talk about the Prophet wasallam eating uh, bread, we cannot compare that bread to the, f- the bread that we are eating now. Um also, there's there's another thing. Um, I, I listened to a lecture once, and um, I, I don't actually remember who it was by, and it was about um, healing, and that healing is sort of all around you. So, in our in England, we're surrounded by a lot of dandelions, and I really go on about this a lot. So, you know, if you're a regular reader, I'm really sorry. Um, and dandelions are really good for cleanse. So they're really good for a kidney cleanse. The the flower and the leaves are really good for a kidney cleanse. And the the roots are really good for a liver cleanse. And they're often thought of as reeds, but there's actually a lot of shifa in them. And it's thought that if you're surrounded by something, and then it's it's meant to be really good for you. And in England, like my my doctor, my doctor, my uh, teacher was actually saying that because a lot of people they do need a cleanse um, because we're exposed to so many toxins, even in our cleaning products. That's why we are surrounded by dandelions. So I don't know. I'm just so fascinated by that. That is, you know, that is, subhanAllah, that is so interesting. Um, And to think that, you know, the pharmaceutical company and, you know, all these other companies that come out with all these types of uh, remedies like... um, steroids and tablets and, and medications and, and, and things like that when in reality if we just turn to the simple creations of Allah like you mentioned at the beginning like with vegetables yeah. instead of laying it with loads of artificial stuff you know there's there's goodness in that um yeah. and like you mentioned before I think it's I think it's just difficult to sort of dig through all the the superficial artificial things that we currently have in society to get to the good stuff um so you're also studying prophetic medicine. Do you feel that there are parts of the sunnah that have been lost with modern foods and eating habits? Um, I think with eating habits, there's there's a big culture of um, grabbing food on the go and eating out. Um, admittedly, I, I really like going to coffee shops. It doesn't happen often, but, um, you know, I do, I do like to go. And I'm not knocking it either. Um, you know, people eat out because it's convenient. But the it's really important to know who's preparing your food, and it's really important to to know what their their intention is, what they 
if they are praying, that sort of thing, because all of that actually goes into your stomach. Um, so if it's, say for example, if I was cooking for my children, then I'm continuously praying over the food um, and they're eating that, that's good for them. But we don't know when we go out to eat, if that person is watching a TV show, if they're, you know, having an argument, we don't know how that food has been prepared. Um, they also, the manner in which we sit down to eat is really important. For example, like, you know, naturally when you go out to eat, you're reclining on chairs. And our Prophet ﷺ actually advised against reclining. Um, mm. Then there's things like the famous hadith that sufficient for the son of Adam is a few morsels to keep his back straight. I feel like nowadays if people ate like that, like... It, it, there'd be outrage like you know why, why are you eating so little you've not eaten enough that sort of thing um, but in reality our prophet ate enough to just stop him from feeling weak um, sometimes I feel like we we live to eat um, and I've done that myself so I'm, I'm not knocking anyone um, yeah. it's just how it is I think with with the nature of society nowadays, it would be very difficult. I know it would be very difficult for me personally to know when we stop feeling weak. Do you know what I mean? Because because of my schedule, I have really bad eating habits. Subhanallah. I mean, I'll eat really really quickly, and I'll, I'll eat things that are very easy to eat and on the go. Um, it doesn't always have to be like um like uh unhealthy things i know more often than not i go for unhealthy snacks but even eating like healthy fruits vegetables you know um and healthy snacks i'm still eating them so quickly um and mm. i i think that the whole purpose of food and what it is supposed to do for us like eating enough to keep our back straight is completely lost like we use it um like even though i use food to function i'm not like using it for its actual purpose if that makes sense okay so what has um been the most profound thing that you've discovered about tib in general and in relation to to mental health um i would say that uh our prophet would or wouldn't do certain things so for example you should never have water with a meal um, or you, you should never have fruit with vegetables, that sort of thing. Um, and I think a lot of that's been lost. Um, you know, you can't have fruit with milk, milk and fish. I think that's something that most people know. Um, but a lot of these things I didn't know till recently. I mean, um, I had a salad on uh, on um, my website that I had mango within it. It was really nice, but, you know, <laughs> it's not good for you. Um, yeah. And then you can't have sort of um buttermilk buttermilk um is basically milk with vinegar or lemon in it but that isn't particularly good for the stomach but if you think about how many buttermilk chicken burgers you know they're everywhere yeah that's yeah that's actually something new that i've seen on menus recently actually yeah um i also wanted to mention that if for anyone struggling with sugar addiction which has a huge impact on mental health um, I would recommend three things and these this is what we've learned on our course um, and it's helped me tremendously and that is eating bitter foods so introducing bitter foods into your diet um, you know things like uh, what's it called bitter gourd um, rocket those sorts of things uh, nigella seeds black seed that sort of thing um, 
frankincense is really good as well uh, because it's a bitter so when I first tasted frankincense I was like this is so bitter it's awful but if it's too bitter for you what you can do is soak it in water and then drink your water um, also I would strongly suggest if anybody's using white table salt to just get rid of it and use Himalayan salt instead and the last thing I would say is take a chromium supplement that really helped with uh, with sugar cravings. That's actually really interesting. I think that is something that a lot of us struggle with um, is sugar. I mean, that is a big uh, game player in this um, food and mental health thing. But can you go into a bit more detail of why we should combat uh, sweet cravings with, with bitter? I mean, like, they're like two opposite and because I know when I'm when I'm craving like chocolate or something sweet, I usually go for like dates or a banana. I never I would never think to have like bitter fruit or anything like that. Could you tell us the science behind that? Um, basically, uh, the body body needs to be balanced, and in Western society in particular, we completely um, we don't eat bitters. It, it's very rare, um, and it's they're really good for you. And I found um, a lot through my um, studying that in the Arab culture, they do actually eat a lot of bitters. So they do actually eat dandelion in their salads, um, coffee. Coffee's good. You can have coffee, um, but obviously not, not Starbucks. That, um, then yeah. there's like <laughs> my jealousies, I kind of add them to, you know, black seed. I add it to everything. So I'll add it to my smoothies. I'll add it to my soups. Um, and what the body needs is balance. Um, at the moment, what we are is too sweet or, and too acidic as well. So what the bitters do is they help balance the acid in the stomach. So your stomach is more, um, your, your body is more in a more alkaline state. And um, acidity is basically the, um, sorry, I can hear my son screaming. Sorry. Um, I'm just <laughs> That's okay. Basically. <laughs> Uh, there's diseases can't survive in an alkaline environment and what bitters do is they help your body be more alkaline that's um really interesting mashallah um you know it's little things like that that we never really hear like hear about or are even taught really i mean when i look back into my like high school years or my college years i was never really taught about i'm like we're always taught about having like a, a healthy balanced diet but never anything about acidity or uh keeping a neutral like chemical balances or anything like that really um mm-hmm. just another quick question um what is frankincense is it like a, a herb or is it a an actual vegetable fruit that might be a really no, silly question but i genuinely don't know it's it's a resin um you can actually buy it online um i have seen it on amazon mm-hmm. Um, you can buy it online um, yeah it's a resin um, to be honest with you I only came across it um, it was probably about a year ago but when I went to Saudi recently it was everywhere they were selling it in all the shops um, so it's, it seems to be quite common there and also here um, I, went, I went to um, an oud shop and the gentleman there was actually chewing some and what, what it does is it turns into like a gum as you're chewing it but it is really bitter so, like, if you are going to try it, just try a tiny bit first. Otherwise, yeah. it'll just put you off. Oh, okay. That's really interesting, mashallah. Um, so what final piece of advice would you give to our listeners today regarding food and mental health? Like, what would be your, like, go-to tip for anybody who's listening right now? 
um, that um, food is is one of six things that you need to consider. Um, there's six life, lifestyle factors according to Tib. So it's very holistic. So it isn't just about the food. Um, and do you want to, me to mention what those are? Yeah. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, please do. So there's environmental air and breathing. So, you know, you need to get out basically. Um, yeah, basically you need to get out into nature as often as you can. Um, then there's food and drink. It should be halal and dayib. Um, a lot of times we focus just on halal, but you need to, especially with meat, meat and dairy, you need to be aware of if it is dayib as well. Uh, then sleep and wakefulness, physical exercise, your emotional state and elimination and retention. Um, my um, teacher always says that a lot of people are constipated. I'm sorry to go there. But no, no, it's okay. That, it's needed. It's definitely needed. Um, and if toxins are staying in your body, then it's going to affect your mental health. So, um, yeah, we need to sort of increase our fibre intake and um, get to the loo. <laughs> so all of these things sort <laughs> of work. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> all of these things, they, they kind of work together to contribute to a person's sort of overall well-being. And so, so we have to improve in all those areas. Um, and it doesn't have to be overnight. Hmm. You know, the body has an ability to heal itself. And these six factors sort of help it um, help it along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a lovely thing to end on, to note that, yep, food is, is a big part of your well-being. But in reality, it's actually part of a much bigger picture. And it's one of the the small components that make up a much bigger uh, element of your life but you know every single little thing needs to, every single component needs to be um on a decent level in order to to be the the wholesome self that you can be mashallah so i could listen to you all day seriously mashallah it's so interesting but um, i'm afraid i'm gonna have to end it here so jazakallah for your presence today it has been an absolute honor being able to listen to you um and we pray that your studies are a huge success and your health is taken from strength to strength and you are rewarded immensely for every person that you inspire and, and help uh for all our listeners please do give sophia's blog tiffin and tea um a visit it is available on social media um and also be available on our um, website so do prepare yourself for a rush of health and benefit um, if you have any ideas for future podcasts or would like to feature as a guest please do email info at uk. and until next time we pray that Allah keeps you all in the best of um, states of health and iman Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh by my side I wish to be close